Hello. Once again, it's that time. It's that time. It's time. Time to make that change. Are y'all ready for part 12 of this Try Me series? You guys are blowing my mind. We are already over the 200,000 view mark of this Try Me series, and I am just blown away by the feedback. I'm blown away by the testimonies, and you guys are showing off. That, that watch party that I was tagged in last week had like five, six people. I know that y'all still social distancing and stuff because y'all had your mask on. But I'm just happy that you guys are watching. I pray that you're getting edified. And on tonight, I believe we have a word customized by heaven just for you. Now, I'm coming with some tough love, so I hope y'all are ready. Are y'all ready? So let's go ahead and get started. The Gospel of Matthew Matthew chapter 5, verses 16 through 20. Matthew chapter 5, verses 16 through 20. It starts off, Jesus says, watch out. Somebody say, watch out. Put all caps in the room. Watch out. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus... By their fruit, you will recognize them. A clause of concern. And where we're going to park, pull over, put a quarter in the meter for the time that we have together on tonight takes residence in verse 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Father, anoint my lips, O God, to be the PA system of heaven. All the study means absolutely nothing if you aren't seen, if you are magnified. If we don't make much of you, this is all done in vain. So we're praying, O God, that you give us wisdom, that you join us for the time that we have together on tonight. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that prayer, would you drop a mand in the room? Not a man, but a mand. A mand. <laughs> Amen. All right. Listen. We are in part 12 of our Try Me series, and I feel tonight it's just appropriate for us to talk around this thought from this subject, gold digger. <laughs> gold digger. If you don't know what a gold digger is, it's somebody who only wants you because of what you have, not because of who you are. They're a gold digger. Let's, let's have this whole topic on tonight be centered around try discernment. The reason I feel it's so necessary for us to have a conversation about discernment is because I feel as though my job on tonight is to help you stop listening to and falling in love with wolves. Stop listening to and falling in love with wolves. I find it so ironic, so ironic that we blame God for all of our tears, but yet we never thank him for our smiles. We blame God for all of our tears, but yet we never thank him for our smiles. It's, it's this discernment deficiency, this discernment deficiency that keeps us strapped in the merry-go-round. This discernment deficiency that keeps us strapped in the merry-go-round of counterfeits, of knockoffs, 
of heartbreak. I'm coming down somebody's street, and I've only been up here about five minutes of fake individuals, of heartache and headache. And if we were to be honest, the reason we can't see it is because of our desires. It's almost as if our desires are blindfolding us to the reality that you're in love with the gold digger. It's almost as if our desires are blindfolding us to the reality that you are surrounded by wolves. This is not your boyfriend, baby girl. This is a wolf. This is not a brother. This is a wolf. This is not a pastor. Oh, boy. This is not a pastor. This is a wolf. This is not your kinfolk or your ride or die. This is a wolf. And the thing about wolves, if you let them, they will transition from a gold digger to a soul digger. They will dig up in your soul, your passion, your dreams, your morals, your commitment, your faith. And so now, because we let them transition into a soul digger, now I'm soul crippled. Soul crippled, and I'm laying here handicapped. I'm laying here with handicapped faith, questioning God's love for me. And it's due to this discernment deficiency. This discernment deficiency that keeps having me mistaken God's red flags as a green light. <laughs> keep, mis- keep mistaking God's red flag as a green light. And if we be honest, for some of us, it's not about misinformation. It's about the lack of education. Because for the majority of my generation and also generations before us, when we grew up in church, we were told what not to do. Don't you shack up. Don't you have sex. Don't you go to the club. Don't you get high. Don't you do this. Don't you do this. Don't you do this. So we're given this don't do list. And we're not educated on what is discernment and how do I have biblical discernment? What does it mean to test the spirit? And how do I be a fruit inspector? How do I be a fruit inspector? Please hear me on tonight. If you are not good at inspecting fruit, if you are not good at being a fruit inspector, you'll never be effective with being a heart protector. You'll never be effective with being a heart protector if you're not a good fruit inspector. And somebody may be listening to this and you're like, okay, how do I become a fruit inspector without sampling it? Because if I be honest, Jay, the time I find out when it's bad fruit is after I bit it. The only way I discover it's bad is after I have taken a taste. And I don't know who I'm speaking to, but God is saying it's time for you to come out because I want to launch you forward. It's time for you to come out because I want to launch you forward. And I got to have you have discernment because many doors will open before you and some of them won't be me. Every open door is not my doing and every closed door is not the devil's doing. You got to have discernment so you can know when it's me leading you versus when it's you leading you. Somebody say discernment. God is launching you forward. And a lot of us, the reason we keep going back is because, yes, you're over the situation, but you're not over the person. You're over the situation, but you're not over the person. See, Jesus shows us this skill with discernment with his life. We talked about this early in the series. Jesus spoke to thousands, sent out 72, selected 12, but was vulnerable with three. Did you hear what I just said? He had so much discernment where he knew how to manage his relationships. He says, okay, I'm going to speak to thousands. I'm going to send out 72. I'm going to select 12, but I'm only going to be vulnerable with three. When he went to the Mount of Transfiguration, he didn't take the thousand with him. He didn't take the 72 with him. He took 12 with him. But he had so much discernment that even then when he had the 12, he took three to the mountaintop and left nine in the valley. 
My question for you on tonight is, can you discern your mountaintop ones from your valley ones? Woo, preach Holy Ghost. Can you discern your mountaintop ones from your valley ones? Because if you can't discern your valley ones, you'll end up being vulnerable with Judas the betrayer and not your John the beloved. You have to be able to understand this because, listen, sometimes it's not that the valley ones are bad people. It's that they're misplaced people. It's not that they're bad people. They're misplaced. You're trying to make one of the nine come on the mountaintop. And if you don't understand this skill and you don't have this discernment, you'll end up being vulnerable with the wrong one. So much so to that friend with the ear in one season will become the enemy with the mouth of the next season. Somebody say discernment. They're not going to use your issue as a, pro- as a prayer project. They're going to use it as ammunition and blackmail. I have to have discernment. And the devil knows if I could allow them to be so wounded by a wolf, if I could allow them to be so wounded by what their Judas did because they mistake their Judas for their John, they'll never have a heart that expresses. They'll never have a heart that shares their struggles. The word says, confess your faults to one to another and you shall be healed. Some of us have confessed our faults to a wolf and now we're saying I'm not talking no more and the problem is you didn't have discernment you you confided in a wolf and not a shepherd y'all ready for this one more time somebody say discernment needed discernment is God's way of calling us into intercession (sighs) needed discernment when you ever approach something and you need some discernment, that's God's way of saying, you're not going to get no clarity without talking to me. You're not going to figure this one out without talking to me. Yep. You're not going to know what to do without talking to me. God many times puts us in situations where you have to pray. You have to pray because discernment removes presentation. I'm preaching on the night. Discernment removes presentation because I don't know if y'all discovered it, but many times people come to us wearing masks and discernment will help you identify they're wearing a mask and who they're presenting themselves to be is not who they really are. You're going to have to pray, ma'am. You're going to have to pray, sir, because prayerlessness is arrogance. Prayerlessness is arrogance. It's saying, I don't need you, God. I don't need your advice. I don't need your hand. I don't need you to invade. I don't need you to interrupt. I got this on my own. Prayerlessness is arrogance, and you best believe that prayerlessness is tied to pain. If you want to have a life filled with pain, don't pray. Don't seek God first before you make a decision. Don't seek God first before you go on that date. Don't seek God first before you marry them. If you want to experience pain, live a prayerless life. The man who does not pray is arrogant. And the woman who does not pray is arrogant. God says, listen, I need you to have some discernment. So I believe, you might be like, why are you coming out so hard? It's because so many people are wounded because they can't discern right. And this is an area that's being undertaught in church. We are not necessarily teaching people how to discern because many shepherds don't want you to discern that they're not a shepherd, they're a wolf. So I don't touch on discernment. I don't tell you to test the spirits. I don't tell you to understand how to identify and inspect fruit because if you learn that skill, you might discover I'm not who I present myself to be. All right. So there are three C's to discernment. Everybody say three C. The first one is Clear direction, cloudy direction, and confirmed direction. Okay? Clear direction, cloudy direction, and confirmed 
direction. All right. Clear direction is the only one when you don't have to pray for it. Clear direction is when this is clearly sin. You don't have to pray and say, God, should I sleep with this man's wife? I want to know if it be your will if I should rob them. God, is it your will that I lie? This is a clear direction. You don't have to see God. You don't have to pray and fast about this. This is a clear sign. Don't go this way. For you to go this route, you have to turn down the volume of your holiness. For you to go this route, you have to crank up the volume of your flesh and turn down the volume of the spirit. This is the only way you can go this route, and it's clear that this is not God's will. Okay? Now, for somebody who may be a newcomer, and you're like, okay, I still kind of need some more clarity. Clear direction, this is when you get engaged in fruit inspection. All right? So how do you fruit inspect? The Bible lets us know. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Check this out. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So how, do you be, how are you an effective fruit inspector? It's when you ask yourself this question. If I go this route, does it increase my self-control? If I hang out with him, if I hang out with her, does it increase my gentleness? If I hang out with this individual and all this stuff that they're saying, do I see any patience in them? Do I see any long-suffering in them? Do I see any love in them? This is how you inspect fruit. Do I see anything right here on this list that they possess? And if they don't, this is how you identify bad fruit. Somebody say clear direction. Point number two, cloudy direction. Ooh, have y'all ever been there? Cloudy direction is when you're at this crossroad where you're like, I don't know if this is me or I don't know if this is the devil. I don't know if this is God or I don't know if this is my preference. I can't see beyond this. And I don't know which choice is kingdom and which choice is flesh. I don't know what choice to make. Cloudy, cloudy discernment is when God is calling you to fast. This is so good, y'all. Cloudy discernment, when you are at a crossroad and you don't know to go left, you don't know to go right. You don't know to engage or you don't know to dismiss. You don't know to pursue or you don't know to retreat. It is cloudy judgment and it is God's way of saying, I need you to fast. I need you to turn down the volume of all the noise. Turn off the TV. Let's stop listening to music unless it's worship. Let's stop, you know, engaging in social media. Let's turn all of that off. Right now, I need silence. So that you can hear me. See, the beauty of being close to God, he doesn't yell because you're close to him. I don't have to yell if I'm right in your face. I don't have to yell if we're close. And he's saying, look, if you ever in a place when you don't know what to do, you don't know what decision to make. He's saying, okay, you're in a situation when you have cloudy judgment. It's time for you to fast. Now, depending on what the situation is, determines how great the fast so if you have a friend that says, hey, I want to go on business with you, you may need to fast maybe two, three days to make sure that this is God's will. Something simple. I could probably do a Daniel fast. But if you got a brother that likes you and he's talking about marrying you, you might want to go on a two-week fast, a three-week fast. Could be four weeks because I got to be able to see, is this God or is this me? 
Anytime we're at a crossroad with cloudy discernment, God is saying, fast. Now, now this bleeds into our third C, the confirmed direction, okay? So how you like, how do I get confirmation? The beauty of confirmation is confirmation has it to where when you face tragedy, when you face loss, when it gets difficult, when it gets hard, you'll never give up because you've been confirmed to do this. <sighs> this is why I can never go to an altar and say I do to anything unless I got confirmed because come hell or high water, I'm confirmed Tanisha is my wife. And so I never question my spouse because I have confirmation. If you start a ministry and you know that this is what God told you to do and nobody's showing up for the first few months, you don't give up because you are confirmed that this is what God told you to do. I can't speak for anybody else, but I want to be a man who lives in confirmation. So you're saying, okay, okay, Jay, how do I know if this is confirmed? How do I know what confirmation looks like? Point number one, it complements the word of God. Confirmation always complements the word of God. He is never going to assign you to do something that goes against what his scriptures tell us to do. It complements the word of God. Number two, this is so good. Confirmation comes with an unexplainable flow. Unexplainable flow. When it's you, it's forced. But when it's God, it flows. There's just unexplainable favor. What if I told you God wants you to live in the flow? He wants you to live in the flow of grace. He wants you to live in the flow of your anointing. He wants you to live in the flow of your giftedness. He wants you to live in the flow of your assignment. He wants you to live in the flow of love. It's all about the flow, the flow, unexplainable flow. You can't even hardly describe it. It's just crazy. I'm talking about a flow that is just cray-cray. Give you an example. My wife and I, before we got married... And she got confirmed. She was like, okay, this is the man that God wants me to be with for the rest of my life. She quit her job. That's a huge move. She says, okay, I'm going to leave Oklahoma City. I'm going to quit my job. And I'm going to move down to Houston, Texas. And I'm going to marry you, baby girl. You better get some confirmation. <laughs> you messing with your income. See, how? <sighs> this is the dangerous thing about not having discernment. How are you going to let him bring down your beliefs and your credit? <laughs> She's like, listen, I got to be confirmed. I got to be confirmed. In fact, while we were dating, there was a time she said, don't call me no more. Your mouthpiece too smooth. I don't care that you're talking about you love Jesus. Don't call me no more because I don't know who sent you. That's really what she told me. She said, I don't know if you came from the devil or if you came from God. I'm like, surely I'm not the devil. She's like, well, surely the devil would say that. She said, I need you to get out my ear, sir, because I need to get some confirmation. And when she got that confirmation, she quit her job two weeks before our wedding. She came down here, got a job interview. And before she even left the parking lot, they called her back and said, you got hired. She got hired to do the same thing, getting more money and five minutes away from our house. A flow. A flow. Okay. Everybody say flow. All right. Another sign of confirmed direction is reoccurring confirmation. Reoccurring out of, the, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. It just keeps coming back. You just keep having people tell you, girl, when you going to write that book? 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 Oh, you should write a book. When you going to write that book? Bro, when you going to do that podcast? Bro, you need to do a video. Bro, when you going to do that podcast? Bro, if you release that, bro, when you going? When you going? When you going? When you going? You're just going to constantly keep hearing this reoccurring of confirmation. 
constantly. It's just going to keep coming back. It could be from a post. It could be from a parent. It could be from a loved one. You're just going to keep hearing it. When you go, when you go, you should. Have you tried? When you go, when you go, you should. You haven't yet. It's just constant reoccurring confirmation. It's because God is relentless. And he's saying, this is your gift. This is your oil. This is your sweet spot. This is your gift. This is your oil. This is your sweet spot. This is your gift. This is your oil. This is your sweet spot. And this is the sign that God is confirming you. I'm going to breathe on this if you take this risk and step out on faith. Reoccurring confirmation. Last one might confuse you, but you want to know how you got confirmation? Resistance. (laughs) Opposition. No opposition, usually no confirmation. The devil doesn't bother those that are his. Listen to what I just said. The enemy does not bother those that are on his turf. So you have no problems. You got really got no struggles. You cool with everybody. Everybody in your clique is cool. You really not, don't have a lot of issues. But as soon as you become saved, as soon as you say, you know what, I'm going to live like clean, clean. Like, so fresh and so clean, clean. Like, I'm really, really going to live this thing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to start seeking God. I'm going to have morning prayer. I'm going to have a devoted life. Once you really start doing that, just stuff starts popping off. People start calling you all types of stuff. You begin to get misjudged and mislabeled, and some of your day ones begin to turn on you. It's because when you're going upstream, the current is stronger. So you're going to experience Resistance. The devil's not going to let your anointed self leave his turf and tell everybody he was wrong. Now, y'all all look to Jesus without him fighting you. Resistance. Resistance. If one of the most powerful weapons, if one of the most powerful skill sets for the Christian is to be able to hear God, then this must mean that the warfare strategy of hell is going to be to make sure that you and I can't discern voices. Did you hear what I just said? If one of our most powerful weapons, if the huge advantage for the Christian is that we could hear the creator of all things, this must mean that the warfare strategy of hell is going to be, I want to make sure that you can't discern voices. It's a war move. Tamper with intelligence. Cut off communication. I don't want them to be able to hear orders from headquarters. That's good. I don't want them to be able to hear orders from headquarters because if they can't hear right, they won't walk right. They won't think right. They'll marry the wrong person. They'll entertain the wrong people. They'll go on the wrong mission. They'll go the wrong direction because they don't hear their assignment. I want to make sure that they cannot hear. And my greatest concern for the church is we've been taught how to shout. We've been taught how to dance. Nothing's wrong with having celebratory moments. But after a while, I need to be biblically, biblically educated. Educate me on how to distinguish. How do I distinguish a devil from the divine? How do I distinguish a shepherd from a wolf? How do I distinguish God's path from my path? Help me learn how to distinguish because if I don't have discernment, I'm going to have heartache. And if I have a heartache, I'm going to have a heart that doesn't vent. And I can't love people and I can't see people through pure eyes. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. I won't be able to see things through a God direction because my heart is so wounded from entertaining wolves. I need discernment. I got to understand the necessity of prayer. I got to understand the necessity of a devotion life. Please hear me. Because a man is no greater than his level of devotion. Preach, Holy Ghost. A man 
is no greater than his level of devotion. Because if I don't know the voice of God in intercession, I won't know the voice of God in introspection. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I don't know the voice of God in intercession, I won't know the voice of God in introspection. And whenever a people go untaught in an area, self-diagnosis is imminent. And so we'll be trying to teach ourselves what we think God sounds like. (laughs) And we'll try to teach ourselves how to discern. And we'll try to teach ourselves how to live holy. I got to understand if I don't hear right, I can't live right. And bad doctrine creates bad living. Bad doctrine gives wrong directions, and wrong directions lead you to wrong destinations. I'm trying to help somebody on tonight. I don't need you to just preach to me about how to enhance my giving. Preach to me about how to enhance my spiritual signal. Because every time I get further away from my divine router, the slower my spiritual strength is. Y'all miss what I just said. Y'all miss what I just said. I'm going to say it one more time. The further I get away from my divine router, the slower my internal strength is. And so now I'm trying to hop on everybody else's connection because I don't have my own personal hotspot. I don't have my own personal hotspot. So no wonder you keep entertaining wolves. It's because you don't have service. You don't have service and you're trying to hop on everybody else's connection. Because you don't have your own connection. This, this, this is one of the reasons I think we keep getting disappointed. Because we keep putting God weight on mere men. They said they weren't going to leave me. They said they would always be, be there for me. They said they were, the, were going to be my day ones. That's God weight. God said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's the one that will stick closer like a brother. He's the one that'll be there with you through thick and thin. We keep putting God weight on mere men, and this is how we get disappointed, because we keep appointing an attribute to a person, and when they diss it, now we're disappointed. This is good, and anytime we don't hear a forward sound, we'll always revert back to familiar chaos. We'll always revert back to familiar chaos, and God's like, listen, Stop trying to find comfort outside of obedience. Stop sending me an invitation in a relationship that I told you not to get in in the first place. I need you to have discernment enough to let things go so that I can let you go. This is so good, y'all. God wants to upgrade you. Can I get somebody to say upgrade? Before this whole corona kind of like changed our world as we know it, I was up at the office one day. My mom comes in and she says, hey, uh, I need you to ride me to the Verizon store. I don't know why. I just decided to ride with her. If she would explain this to me, I could have saved her some time. We get to the Verizon store. She takes up her iPad, and she tells the um, Verizon tech person, she says, hey, I need to buy a new iPad. My iPad didn't work. I can't upgrade. And so I'm just sitting there with my millennial self. Like, what do you mean you can't upgrade? She's like, Jerry, I'm talking to the professional. Okay. And he's like, "Uh, ma'am, you don't necessarily need a new iPad. The reason you can't upgrade is because you don't have enough space. So if you delete some stuff, then you can have enough space. And then after you delete, I will recommend a reset. I'm sitting there just shaking my head. Like I'm in a Baptist church back in 1987 looking at a preacher's tearing the paint off the wall preaching. And the Verizon worker was probably looking at me crazy. I'm like, you just preached a whole word. 
You just preached the whole word. A lot of us can't upgrade because we don't have enough space. <laughs> we don't have enough space for God. And God is saying, if you delete that gossip, if you delete that relationship, if you delete that clapback spirit, if you delete that petty, like we said on Thursday, what is in the carry-on of your soul that God is saying, you can't fly with that? I'm ready to upgrade you, but you got to delete that. And then he also reminded me that we serve the God of a reset. We serve the God of a reset. We serve the type of God, I don't care what you did, just come home. He's that type of God. He's the type of God that can reset your mind. He can reset your purity. He can reset your marriage. He can reset your children. He can reset your finances. He can reset your discipline. But you got to trust me. You got to surrender to me. I'm ready to reset. But are you willing to delete old files? Somebody say discernment. Okay, so I want us to get this. Discernment is tied to spiritual maturity, okay? Discernment is tied to spiritual maturity, and spiritual maturity is tied to devotion. Say it again. Discernment is tied to spiritual maturity, and spiritual maturity is tied to devotion. I can say it backwards. No devotion, no spiritual maturity. No spiritual maturity, no discernment. The reason I can't discern is because I'm not spiritually mature. And the reason I'm not spiritually mature is because I don't have a devoted life. I have no devotion. See, I, I want you to get this. I'm going to take this a little further. My son and my daughter have two different levels of maturity, okay? So if I see a big dog walking down the street or a stranger walking down the street, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out and grab my son's hand. And then when I grab his hand, he's like, Daddy, let me go. I want to walk. Daddy, let me go. No, let me go. I want to walk. He has not arrived to the place of maturity to recognize my hand is not prevention, it's protection. Holding the father's hand is not preventing you, son. It's protecting you, son. But my daughter is a little bit different. If we're walking down the street and she sees a big dog and she sees a stranger, she says, Daddy, hold my hand. Because she recognizes that the safest place to be is in the hand of her daddy. And as long as daddy got me, I'm good. As long as daddy got me, I'm straight. But look at this. She has learned to be mature and she can discern if something is coming that's dangerous, I know my daddy got me. If something is coming that could hurt me, I know my daddy got me. That takes maturity. So she has matured to the degree. If I see danger, I want daddy to hold my hand. I'm going to take it even further. Right now, if somebody were to wave a lollipop at my three-year-old son, he would probably take it. I told this boy so many times we don't take candies from strangers, but he'd probably take it. If somebody wave a lollipop at my five-year-old daughter, she'll say, no, thank you. I don't take candy from strangers. I said, you better tell him, girl. Daddy didn't talk to you right. Here's a question for you. Are you taking candy from strange spirits? Are you taking candy from strange spirits? Because that shows the lack of maturity. Because toddlers will always choose candy over calling. When you are a baby, you will always choose what's sweet over what's spiritually effective. Maybe I can't discern because I'm spiritually immature. So what is discernment? I believe there's common discernment and spiritual discernment. 
Common discernment is the ability to see through a thing. Y'all ever been having a conversation with somebody you could tell they're lying? Like, they're like interrogators. They don't know God. They're not filled with no type of Holy Ghost, but they could tell when somebody's lying, even without a lie detector. They had so much skill that they could discern and see through a liar, right? Common discernment is when I can see through a thing. Spiritual discernment is when I can see behind a thing. Oh, yeah, this is good. This is when I can see beyond a thing. This means I can see who's behind it. Jesus models this all day when Simon says, look, you ain't going to Calvary. You're not going to cross. You're not going to die. And he says what? Get thee behind me, Satan. He had enough spiritual discernment to see beyond Peter. When you are spiritually discerning, you're able to see beyond the presentation. Is this good? And I think sometimes we just got to observe. You want to increase your discernment? Just observe. Get on your little red riding hood. My, 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 what big teeth you have. My, 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 what big feet you have. You don't need to be that deep. Just start getting on your red riding hood, and you can see this is possibly a wolf. But you have to make sure that you don't want it so bad, and you don't desire it so bad, and you don't crave it so bad that you are willing to overlook fangs because you want the promotion. Somebody say discernment. I need to be able to discern between a wolf and me. You know, the danger of a fatal attraction is not always you being liked by somebody that's crazy. <laughs> Sometimes a fatal attraction is us liking what's killing us. Yeah, that's a fatal attraction. Don't believe what the movies have told you. A fatal attraction is when you like them, but they're killing your prayer life. A fatal attraction is when she's fine, but she's venomous. And yes, I said she. Because every single time we start talking about counterfeits and distractions, people always think it's a man. Don't y'all make me get on my Lauren Hill up here. Guys, you know you better watch out. Some girls, some girls only. Don't make me start up in here. Girls are trifling too. <laughs> I need to have discernment. Yes, it could give me more money, but it's killing my parental time. And so I'm not there for my children. I got to have discernment because just because there's more money doesn't mean it's good money. One more time, somebody say discernment. So what is a wolf? A wolf, we see biblically, is a pursuer of sheep. Okay? Wolves pursue anything that represents, possesses, stands for, or extends God-like attributes. That is what a wolf is after. If it represents, if it possesses, if it stands for, or if it extends anything God-like, that is what a wolf is after. And so now we have to ask ourselves, okay, am I a sheep? Because if you are a sheep, a wolf's after you. The reason we can't discern wolves from sheep is because wolves always come dressed like sheep. Like their favorite website is sheepclothing.com. I don't even know if that's a real website. If it is and somebody, you know works there watching this, no, no shade. I'm just using this for the material, okay? They shop at sheepclothing.com because they don't want you to see who they really are, all right? So what is a sheep? A sheep is anyone who follows, who hears, who discerns, and who submits to correction. Jesus says it this way, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Sheep are able to discern you making the sound for me to come to you, but you're not my shepherd. What is a wolf? A wolf is anybody who affects your following ability. 
They always make you think, you don't need them. You don't need to hang with them. You don't need that community. Do your own thing. Wolves always affect your ability to follow. Second thing, a wolf affects your hearing ability. They are like noise cancellation headphones to your spirit, man, to where you can't hear right. Third, wolves affect your discernment ability, okay? Wolves will always come with confusion. They will always come with confusion. God is not the author of confusion. If you were to break down the word confused, it preaches in itself. The word con means to deceive, Okay, and there are several layers of fuse. So if I were to confuse, think of fuse joined together. It is deception joined together. This is why you're confused because you're entertaining somebody who's bringing forth confusion and they are bringing deception joined together. Second definition of confused is like a fuse for a bomb or a firecracker. They are deceiving you and causing things to explode in your face. The third type of fuse is like for a circuit breaker. The job of a fuse in a circuit breaker is to stop fires. <laughs> it's so good. So anytime somebody comes in your life that leads confusion, it's to stop your spiritual fire. He doesn't want you to burn for God. He doesn't want you to burn in prayer. He doesn't want you to burn in, fa- in, in fasting. He wants you to burn in your flesh, but not for the word of God. Somebody say confused. I'm rushing because I got so much content. Last thing, so what are my discernment blockers? Sin, desires, untreated pain, and third-party influences. This is what blocks me from being able to discern. Sin in my life, my desires that aren't submitted to God's desires, untreated pain, because like we said last week, the devil knows that pain becomes your personality if it's untreated. And third-party influences. This is anybody who continues to try to talk you out of what God has talked you into. So I hear all this. How do I get to a place where I'm not entertaining a gold digger and I have discernment? Point number one, desire maturity. You should not be able to just continue to say this, God ain't through with me yet. God ain't through with me yet. After a while, you should get tired of that. Don't be the Christian that just wants to pass. Try to get on the honor roll. Like, you're not shooting at getting a 70. You're trying to get an A+. I'm trying to graduate. Desire maturity. So, therefore, if I desire maturity, I'm going to have to hang around spiritual mature people. I'm not going to get mature hanging around immature people. Desire maturity. Point number two, develop dependency. In this era of everybody being independent, God wants you to depend on him. This means I need you to feed, nurture, educate, rest. Feed, nurture, educate, rest. Feed, nurture, educate, rest. Feed, nurture, educate, rest. Feed your spirit. Educate your spirit. Feed your spirit. Educate your spirit. Nurture your spirit. And rest. Stop always thinking you can control outcomes. Trust that God is in control. And I point three, four, and five is pray, pray, pray. (laughs) Pray, pray, pray. You want to grow? You want to discern? I got to desire maturity. I got to develop dependence. And then I got to pray, pray, pray. What type of pray? I got to, number three, pray continuously. Number four, pray relentlessly. Number five, pray expectantly. Pray. Pray, 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 pray. Discernment is married to spiritual maturity. And spiritual maturity 
is married to devotion. No devotion life, no spiritual maturity, no spiritual maturity, low discernment. And this is why we keep entertaining soul diggers and gold diggers because I don't have discernment. And Jesus is saying, listen, there are wolves among you. There are wolves among you, and I need you to watch out because they come to you wearing an apparel that doesn't reveal who they truly are. Maybe you're so wounded because you don't have discernment. And God, we pray. We pray that in this moment, in this hour, this type of message, God, cause your people to fall to their knees. Cause your people, after they're finished watching this, to turn it off, find a prayer closet, find a word, and begin to pray, God, I need to have a spirit of discernment. God, heal my heart so I won't constantly project my pain on people. And I won't let somebody disciple me because I allowed a wolf to hurt me and now I don't trust people. I have trust issues due to wolves, God. Heal me, Father, so that I can be a sheep. The psalmist told us that that word, that rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Help me find comfort in your word and help me find comfort in your correction so that you can lead me beside still waters and restore my soul. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.